Welcome to Gen Z on Leadership. My name is Gabe Gary, and today I'm with Adam O'Doherty. He has his bachelor's degree from St. Cloud State and over 15 years of leadership experience. He now holds the position of president and CEO of United Way in Northwest Indiana. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. O'Doherty. Thank you. I also have my master's too from St. Cloud State. <laughs> yeah, from St. Cloud, okay. So, yeah. Sorry about that. So, could you uh, explain how you got started with the organization, United Way? Yeah, it kind of took a really weird turn to get to the United Way. So my journey started probably almost 12 years ago. So I used to be a teacher, and then I was a principal. And when I was a principal, uh, we had a standing seat at the United Way, our local United Way's board. So I was on the board of this local United Way. And now... When I was on the sport, I was always kind of playing devil's advocate because they were trying to make impact in their communities, but they're kind of doing it in a in a way that really, to me, didn't seem more in, much impactful. So I was always trying to raise that question, like, what are we doing here? We really need to push the needle and move forward. And so fast forward in, until about six years ago, I was never, never thought I'd be at a United Way. I jumped ship from being a principal and started working more in the legislative lobbying arena and then started uh, building and designing collective impact work where I was a CEO of three different uh, collective impact nonprofits to build them up. Uh, it was about six years ago when I got recruited in Arizona. So I'm a Minnesota kid mm -hmm. and I got recruited in Arizona. The weather seemed great. And so I ended up moving down there to become their first CEO of a local United Way. And so at I think it took them about 14 times to convince me to a want to move and more importantly join the United Way because I still had that thought in my mind that United Way was more about doing these uh, kind of shallow projects like stuff the bus so every kid could have a free backpack for school. To me, that didn't really resonate with me. So yeah, what resonated with me is like, how do we change like our collective work in our communities and really make impact? And so for me, hold on one second, someone's trying to call me <laughs> so but what i had to do is is you know finally take a step back and say okay i can do this so i went to arizona and i realized united ways can actually be uh that model for change in their communities and in arizona i led the charge in this rural community to really make change and we ended up uh, becoming one of the most successful united ways in the whole southwest region on the work we we're doing so I knew I didn't want to live in Arizona forever. It's hot, the scorpions, and I'm terrified of snakes. So rattlesnakes or everywhere. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. More importantly, I want to come back to the Midwest. That's where my heart's at. And so I saw an opportunity here at this United Way, and they are looking for the same thing. They are looking for someone to take the leadership to really make impact happen in their communities. And so here I am today at this United Way, and that's what we're doing. We're really actually changing not just this community's landscape, but really pushing the boundaries forward of what all United Ways can be doing to really be impactful in their communities. So that's kind of how I ended up in this journey here at, at this United Way. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you think the position of CEO and president compares to like being the principal? I think they're very comparable. Uh, you know, when I was a principal, I, I would say the main difference is when you're a principal, there's a lot of bureaucracy because, you know, it's state funded. Mm -hmm. You got to deal with all the, the government red tape. And so it does hinder you. Plus, when you're a principal, you still have a superintendent, you have a school board, and then you have like what the state sets for parameters. So it is, uh, there is a lot more limitations when you're a principal than when I was a CEO, like in the current CEO. 
is I have autonomy to a degree to do what I think is best. You know, I have a board to report to just like a superintendent does in a school district, but we're all in the same mindset. Let's be creative, let's be innovative, and let's try to push the needle forward. So there is a lot more flexibility in a nonprofit leadership. And also, um, I think one thing uh, when I took my first leap of faith and jumped out of education, I was told that there's no money in nonprofit, that, uh, you know, it's going to be the same old, same old. Well, that's not true. So for like young people, I always tell them like there is money in nonprofit way more than there is in education, but also you have that autonomy and flexibility. Like, you know, what I was passionate about when I was 20 years old, 30 years old, and now I'm 40 years old, it could be varied, but I can, as a nonprofit leader, I can choose, you know, if my passion this next year is saving the whales, I can go do work in a nonprofit world that wants to yeah. save whales. But I'm like, you know, I really care about homelessness. I can jump ship and go work on homelessness projects. So I think that's the cool thing is it gives you that diversity to be impactful, but also let you kind of control your own destiny as well. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you, what does your average day look like just day to day? I mean, yeah. it's probably different, but. <laughs> Right. I think, uh, you know, that's what's nice about my position is every day is different. It's not like, you know, you punch in at nine, you punch out at five. Some days are really long. Some days are shorter. But I'd say if you the vast majority of my time really is about working with people, whether that's my staff, you know, leading them, uh, let them know that I'm here to support them. Uh, of course, even, you know, when they have issues going on or troubles in their own life, I'm here to help them get through that. But I also don't want to control them. So my way is like, I let them be innovative and part of the solution. We have a collaborative model of leadership here. And so, you know, we really work together to come up with the best solution. So it's not just me saying this is what you all need to do because that I've never liked authority like that. I don't want to be that authority. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say like another big chunk of my job, just because I, our work really is so entrenched in the community. I'm meeting with stakeholders across our region all the time. You know, trying to say like, hey, how do we work together on this project? We both want to get, you know, more economic vitality in our communities. How do we work together? How do we leverage each other's organizations to make this happen? And who else needs to come to the table? So it's a lot of uh, kind of that delegation, but also being almost like an ambassador, really trying to, to unify our work together. Yeah. How many people are you working with at the Northwest location? So we have 36 employees. So we're rapidly growing. When I started, we had nine employees and this was okay, about wow. uh, 16 months ago. And we will be over 50 by January. And so we're rapidly growing. And, and so it's building up, which is fun. That's always exciting. It's a little chaotic, you know, as like every week a new person's coming in, but it, that's the exciting thing too, because we're growing. There's a lot of new ideas. We're being real. The people we're really seeking out are the creative folks, the innovative but also people that just don't have eagles that just want to work together and let's get stuff done. And so that's always been a, a really exciting thing. Yeah. What's your favorite part of being the CEO and president? I think this, the favorite part for me is I'm extremely competitive. I'm probably one of the more competitive people that most people run into. Yeah. And for me, I love that. So I don't look at any challenge as a, as paralyzing to me. I look at it as like, this is an opportunity for us to shine. So I love that because I get to drive that uh, kind of energy forward and inspire my staff to come on this journey with me and really test them because a lot of people are for is change is really challenging for people and I get it, but also it's that fear kind of 
stops people. And so I help them overcome their fears and work with me on really coming after these challenges and, you know, really seeing the smile on my employee, but all for, also our clients faces when success does happen is by far one of the best parts about being a CEO is like building people up around me. I think uh, all my years of leadership, I've had helped so many people become leaders themselves. And that's what I, I want. I tell every single person day one, doesn't matter what position they start at. If they want to be a leader, I'm going to help them get there. Even if it's not with us, if it's somewhere else, I'm going to help them get there because that is our duty as leaders. We need to help build the talent and especially young people. When they come in to work for us, we have a lot of young people that work here. They're like, they want, they want a, you know, a mission. They want something to believe in and they want someone to believe in them. And so that's what we do. We really, that's my philosophy of being a, you know, a good CEO is really building your future leaders. I want them to, you know, hopefully be better than me anytime soon. That'd be great. You know? Yeah. What's, um, what is you, what do you, how do you tackle and handle like big decisions? I know you talked about competitiveness, but what's like the thought process behind that? Yeah. So normally, uh, I, I am a risk taker, but what I still like to do is work with others. So if there's some like really challenging, uh, decision I have to make, I'll usually will bounce it off my trusted folks. It could be a board member of mine. It could be some of my mentors say, listen, I'm in this situation. What's your thoughts? Here's what I'm thinking about doing. Does this sound right? You know, we talk through that because especially a big decision, you don't want to make a, a fast judgment because that could be real damaging. You know, sometimes we put our, our sights so narrow, we forget that there's other uh, areas that could be challenging. So that's what I like to do. I like to process that with others before I make that decision. You know, ultimately I have to make that decision, but I still like the process. So it's not just me coming up with this concept. What uh, What's the biggest lesson you've learned through leadership through all your years? I think one of the biggest things I've learned is to meet people where they're at, but also identify people's strengths. Like, uh, you know, when I first became a leader, I'm a very creative innovator and want to move fast, but that's not everybody. And I had a hard time in my first leadership with people that were the naysayers. They didn't want change. And I just get frustrated. I'm like, what are you doing? And sometimes I would almost like say, hey, I need to get rid of you because you don't understand what I'm trying to do. And that was the wrong thing I did. What I learned is to say that everybody has value and we have to identify each other's strengths and utilize that. Like if someone's more uh, logical and they want to process things, that's the person I'm going to go to when I have a big decision I need to make and say, hey, listen, I want to run this by you because they're going to filter it out and give you answers that maybe you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. And so I think that's some important lessons I had to learn is just to, to meet people more in the middle and where they're at, their strengths and understand that not everybody comes in uh, with the same vision. You have to help them come to that vision with you, but also understand, you know, we're all unique in our own way. And that took some time to learn, especially when you're younger and your first leadership role, you want to be, you want to make your, your first impression. You want to get eager and aggressive and you realize you're only going to think you're going to do is push people away and they're not going to lead you. You have to listen a lot more than you actually speak. And that's one of the things I really had to learn early on. Yeah. Um, along with that, what qualities do you think a good leadership possess in any position? Definitely listening. The empathetic thing is, is, is huge. You know, it, it's hard when you have all this day-to-day -day operation stuff you have to do. And someone comes in with a personal issue and you just want to say, just do your job. That's not right. You really do have to sit down and listen to them and see where they're coming. And when you see that, when they see that you're being empathetic, they start to build that trust with you. 
because trust is ultimately no one will ever follow anybody if they don't trust you. And so that's where I always start is we have to build trust with every single person, even our community members we're trying to help. We really have to build that trust. I also think um, the willingness to be innovative is huge because if uh, where businesses and nonprofits tend to die is because of that lack of innovation, they become stagnant. They're doing the status quo. They're not looking what's around the corner and they eventually just fizzle out because they're not trying to be up with the times innovative, you know, uh, thinking about new markets to jump into. Those are definitely some of the bigger qualities, but also uh, to be disciplined, I always say is a huge one. So especially in my field and nonprofit, it's so easy to get passionate about the work you're doing that you want to save and do everything. Well, you can't be effective when you're trying to tackle so many opportunities. You really have to say, what are the things we are really good at that we can actually do? And let's stay focused and disciplined on that area is a big focus area for me. And of course, just uh, building relationships. I mean, uh, I've had leaders, I'm sure even at your age, you've had teachers where you walk in and it's like their flat affect and you're straight away like, wow, this person's kind of cold and callous to me. And it, it's hard for you to like want to get excited to go to class up for you and things. And for me, same thing when I was having supervisors, hard for me to yeah. want to go to work. So having someone that you have a developer relationship with where I can trust them, they can trust me is really helpful as well. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for the next generation of leaders and anyone wanting to start? Yeah, I would say this for young people. I love young people. I think they are our future. And I think sometimes uh, the young people, and I remember being young a long time ago, uh, we also got thrown out of the bus. Like we're a bunch of no good people. All we care about is this. And I mean, they say it's about your generation. They only care about their phones, which is absolutely not true. Yeah. You know, if they actually give young people an opportunity to rise, they will every step of the way. And so I always say to young people, don't worry about that noise, what people are saying. There's a lot of leaders, including myself, that believe in the youth and we want them to come work with us. Uh, and what I always say to you, come in with your energy, your ideas and ready to work and you will be successful. But also one thing is patience. Like I, I had to learn this. Like I thought I had all the ideas in the world, but sometimes those older folks, their wisdom is great with mixed up your ideas and your energy. And together you'll actually have like the most phenomenal plan ever. So, but definitely be bold and don't be afraid to speak up and uh, take those risks. Start early. I, I was a troublemaker my entire time in school, K-12. But what I realized is I developed some pretty good leadership qualities by, you know, uh, organizing an all-school walkout, you know, doing these protests at school. I didn't realize, I thought I was being a thorn in the teacher's side because that's kind of what my angle was. Yeah. I didn't realize like, wow, I, I was able to literally get every single kid in our school to walk out with me and do these things. I'm like, that is pretty good leadership qualities, even though I was a troublemaker. So yeah. think of like the leadership qualities at every level as a student that you could do. It doesn't mean you have to be the class president. That's great if you can be, but there's other leadership qualities that you can do right now to start building that up. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to support the podcast even more, check us out at sites.google.com slash view slash Gen Z on leadership. To support our podcast even more, follow us on Instagram at Gen Z on leadership and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Gen Z on leadership. As always, stay tuned for all new episodes. We try to post two to three a month. Thank you.